the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells. Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joe, good morning. Hi, guys. I know you can't be tired. <laughs> now, Joe. No, I'm, a, I'm very refreshed. <laughs> <laughs> you never got more sleep, right? I have. It's actually funny. I've, I've probably in my life probably never slept as well. Apart from probably when I was a baby. Since my adult life, I've probably never slept this consistently in my life for sure. Yeah, it's weird not having a plane ride until two in the morning, messing up your sleep patterns, isn't it? Yeah, it's. Uh, it's funny. I used to, Renee's a, a big one on sleep and like consistency of it and stuff like that. And she would always say like, it would take, it takes a couple of weeks to kind of reset and, and get your, your sleep cycle kind of as regular as possible. And, um, obviously for us, we, it was basically impossible really. Um, like you said, with the flights and the, get home at three or whatever, be out for a shoot around at 10. Like the, it was literally just impossible. So since, uh, we've been doing this, I've, I've been asleep. I think the latest I would have been asleep would be like 10, 10 30. And I've been up at six thirty every morning with the kids. And, um, it's, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> when was the last time, Joe, you have had 80 degree weather and sunshine and didn't have to be somewhere at a specific time during the course of the day. <laughs> I was actually sitting outside yesterday talking to Renee about this. Um, I, I honestly couldn't. I I couldn't really put a date on it. It's been it's been that long. Um, obviously, when I played in Australia, the season was during the summer. Um, so my last season there was like oh eight oh nine. I think it was. Um, I have been lucky to play in Barcelona's and cities that have good weather, like not summer weather, but, but nice. You can be outside in a t-shirt or whatever. Um, but like yesterday, I haven't, or the, however long the last few days it's been, um, yeah, I couldn't, probably like 2008, 2009 when I played in Australia. So is that a big factor when you're picking clubs in Europe? Because obviously we've had a lot of college players here go play in Europe, and we've had jazz players who played in and out of Europe, and some of them have awesome stories. You know, I I went to Moscow, and we got on a train and went above the Arctic Circle and didn't see the sun for three days. I mean, that kind of stuff is just crazy. Uh, Barcelona, that that's kind of a win. Is that a factor with people uh, picking their uh, their European teams and they're trying to decide where to go play? Um, sometimes beggars can't be choosers. I think, you know, I think if you, I was, I was really lucky to play in Granada my first year, which was looking back now at the time, I, um, I wouldn't be able to go back there now with, with kids and all that. But 
when I was there by myself and, and with Renee for a little bit uh, before she went home for her season. Um, I didn't mind her there. I was obviously really lucky to, to get offered a contract by Barcelona and then obviously to get offered a contract by uh, Maccabi in, in Israel. So um, maybe different players, maybe better players than, than I was in Europe um, can choose destinations or or have a choice out of two or three cities and you get to pick which one kind of which one you want to live in. I didn't really have that choice. I was really lucky now looking back to go to Granada and do what I did there. Um, and then obviously, yeah, I got offered by Barcelona. I wasn't going to say no to it, so I signed that right away. And then when I signed with Maccabi in Israel, I was talking to another team in Athens, so I was like, I either get to live in Israel, which I knew was beautiful, um, playing there against Maccabi, or go live in, live in Athens. So that was probably the one time I got to choose. Um, I chose to go to camp with the Clippers and got cut, and then obviously I didn't choose to come to Utah originally, but um, I would choose it over any other team now. <laughs> We've heard some of our local guys, when they come back, tell us some horror stories about guys uh, trying to get money or just whatever type of conditions or yeah. they want you out, how they force you out. Do you have any of those stories? No, I was very, very lucky. Um, obviously, the last two teams I played for, Barcelona and, and Maccabi, were financially very stable. And Barcelona was basically funded by the soccer team, which obviously is, is bringing in ridiculous amount of money. Um, so we never had any problems with payments. Israel was the same. Um, Granada, my first year, players on my team had some issues and had some stuff. Um, I had a clause in my contract that I could leave if they didn't pay me within like however many days of what the payment date was. Um, and the small team that we were and the, the team that we had that year, I was there. We, we play. We finished the highest that the club had ever finished that year, and. Um, so they were pretty desperate to keep us all there. So they were pretty good. Um, I got paid every dollar from my time in Europe. Um, some of my teammates didn't from, from Granada, but the bigger clubs are obviously pretty stable. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, I was pretty fortunate in that situation. So uh, are you still – the world's so much smaller with texting and all that. Are you still in, in touch with some of those uh, – teammates and uh, are some of those guys still playing some are probably older and retired I would assume too since you were so young then I did just curious what the the basketball experience is right now around the world yeah um, definitely there's some playing obviously some not um, the last year I played in Maccabi um, nearly all of those guys are still playing and that's probably probably one of my closest group of friends. There's four or five guys that, um, Sean James, um, who's actually a scout now for the Jazz, so he actually lives in Utah, which is awesome. Um, Devin Smith, a guy also I played with, is what was actually Igor's assistant in Phoenix um, before Igor got fired. Now he's with uh, the Minnesota G League team, so those couple guys I get to see a lot. There's a couple still playing in Europe. Um, But yeah, I still speak to a bunch of them. Um, obviously the the guys that were playing in Europe are, are back in America now um, waiting to, to kind of see what happens but yeah I've been I've actually been pretty lucky along my career and obviously you hear a lot of stories about bad teammates or bad situations and guys not liking each other I've, I've been really lucky to, to not really be in any of those situations when I came in 
in the NBL when I was 17. I had an unbelievable group of guys for, for three years. Like I said, my time in Europe, even in Granada, we were this tiny team. We had probably the first, one of the first teams that I didn't really know anyone going to it and made some really good friends and, and still speak to guys. Uh, I speak to guys from every team I've played on still. So, um, yeah, I've been, been pretty lucky in that situation. I don't know if you're following it, but the NCAA in college is talking about letting these college kids make some money off their likenesses, whether it's through advertising or whatever it might be. And my thought for you, you talk about how you turned professional at 17, and all of a sudden you're getting this money. And I'm wondering, you know, unintended consequences. These kids are going to get some money here coming up, but if they don't have some counsel on in terms of how to take care of the money, how to use it, you know, it could just blow up in their face. Did you have anybody who helped you how to handle finances when you go from being a kid to being paid as an adult, even though you're still a kid? Yeah, I did. Um, I think it's a, it's a funny one. I think you learn lessons through your own mistakes or, um, or achievements if you're you're able to do something really good with your, your money or whatever. Um, I was lucky, like I said, that, that even at my first three years in the NBO in Australia, um, I was the youngest on the team. I was 17 when I first got to the team. The, I think the next youngest guy was like 23 or something. So I was the youngest by a, a fair bit. So they were all kind of married and had kids. And I was like, you absolute losers. Like, <laughs> who wants to get married and have kids? And like all these restrictions on it. Like, um, but looking back now, it was like the best thing in the world because I – I felt like I grew up a lot quicker. Obviously, the, the basketball side of it, playing against men for me, was was what I think helped me develop quicker than maybe going to college. Um, but just the, I don't know, the, the life um, stuff that we would talk about, the regular stuff, the, what they were doing investment-wise, um, a part of that was those guys just being around them and listening to them and seeing, um, had 10-year vets, 15-year vets that had all different investments, properties and businesses and stuff like that. So getting to listen to them. And then uh, part of it too is just my learning along the way yourself. And um, I, I mean, I got paid very well for a, a teenager my first three years in the NBL. And after three years of playing, I had I didn't have a dollar to my name and I had one, one couch from Ikea. That was probably my only asset that I had. And um, I don't even know if you can call, call it an asset, but... It, I signed in, in Granada and I was like, man, like I was making a lot better money because it was tax-free and I was like, man, I really need to like sort my life out a little bit. Like I'm 21 now and um, I need to be smart with my money. And um, previously to that, not that I I wasn't smart, I wasn't doing like crazy, I wasn't doing like drugs and like it was just, I was young and I had a bit of money and I would just spend it and I would, I'd take my friends out for dinner and I'd go and have some drinks with friends and I'd always pay and I wanted to, to be that guy because I had more money than what my friends did at the time. Um, but I learned a quick lesson after realizing what I kind of lost in those three years that I needed to, to start saving and being smart. And that was when I bought my first property, 21, 22 years old. And um, yeah, it was kind of the start of the, the journey, I guess. So you look back and you think, okay, I made, I made some mistakes, but I did listen to these older guys and, uh, you know, I, I got to a pretty good place pretty quickly. Now as you get older, you're like, these young kids, I try to tell them and they don't listen to me. Is it some of that or do you find the younger players are absorbing these lessons and uh, you're able to kind of pass it on? 
Uh, a little bit. I'm obviously more than happy to, to sit down and talk to them. And um, actually, had a Mia Oni who sits next to me in the locker room. Um, he knows my obsession. Well, most of my team know my obsession with real estate. You can pretty much ask any of them. And I'm sitting on a real estate app on my phone, looking at property pretty much all day, every day. And um, he was sitting there asking questions about it, and, and obviously I'm, I'm more than willing to, to help. I don't know a ton about the, the U.S. property market. Um, I've got my, my house here in Utah, but that's about it. And I, I, I'm not going to invest in property here because I'm, I'm not going to live here. But, um, yeah, I'm obviously more than happy to, to help out. My, like I said, my main kind of thing is, is property and um, obviously more in Australia. But um, if guys want to ask questions, I'm obviously going to help. And... Um, for me, like like you said, listening to these guys and just seeing what 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 they had and what they didn't have, and wanting to be like them back then, and and thinking if I'm on this wage and then be older than I'm making now, like this is what they've done, I'll be able to do something similar. And obviously, I've been very lucky to to be in a, a different position now. But um, yeah, it was still the same thought process the whole time, and and still is now. Really, it doesn't matter. Obviously, I can look at property that's probably a little bit more expensive or, or I can look at more property, but I still don't go over the top with what I do. I, I buy stuff that um, is really reasonable, that I can get good money back or rent. And um, yeah, it's been something I've really enjoyed doing. So as you dip into real estate and you're talking about how it's mostly uh, exclusively Australia as opposed to the U.S., well, what counsel would you have for people who would like to do that and find ways to build up their equity and their financial situation? I think you've got to... I think one of the hardest things for me when I first did it was at 21, 22, was um, <laughs> going to the bank and getting a loan. And I I still remember the, the first time I went in there to ask for a loan and how much I was asking for and what I was making at the time. And I was like, man, I'm very like... It's going to take me my whole lifetime to, to pay back. Like it's, um, and I think that daunting feeling of, um, for me, it was like I, I don't, I hate debt. I hate being in debt. I hate owing people money if I do. I hate, um, I hate being in debt to the bank. Um, but it's a, it's part of life. It's. I was talking to a friend the other day, and they bought their house and what you end up paying back in interest compared to what you actually settled on the price of the house, you, pay, you end up paying so much more money. It's sometimes nearly double what you pay or, or whatever for the house. So, um, yeah, I think overcoming the, for me, it was like the fear factor of, of being in debt. And then um, obviously if you're financially stable and you know what your income is and it's consistent, you can um, you can obviously offset that pretty easily and, and know what you can spend and what you need to save. But, um, yeah, I think diving into it and um, kind of not looking back, you obviously got to do your research because you don't want to buy a property that you're going to lose money on or you can't rent out or whatever it is. So you've got to find the right areas and the right price. And um, a part of that is not being in a rush. Uh, I've been very lucky that I'm not not a quick guy anyway, but I've never been in a rush buying property and I've, I've been able to do some, some really good deals and, and get some really good deals. So, um, yeah, I think uh, overcoming that fear of, of, of diving into it because it's, it's, a, it's a big thing. You, you go to the bank and tell them you need $500,000 and it's going to, you see how much your payments are and the, the loans over 30 years or whatever it is and, um, it looks like it's never going to end, but you can you can do a lot once you kind of dive in. 
Well, I didn't know we were going to go to business school with Joe Ingles today, but that was good. <laughs> it's fun. It's a, like I said, it's a, for me, it's been like a side hobby, obviously. Um, and don't get me wrong, I understand. I'm in a, a very good position to to be able to do that um, and be able to look and not, not stress as much now about my repayments or whatever. Um, so I, I understand everyone's not in the same situation, but um, I know a lot of people that friends and, and family that have, have made a lot of money off real estate and I'm not telling everyone to buy real estate because I don't want to hear your messages of something if something goes wrong because I'm not saying that but if that's what you want to do and you do your, your research and that I've got friends that have three, four, five properties and they, they work a regular nine to five job on a, a very average wage so um, yeah it definitely can be done if you've got the right kind of people and information around you. Well, Joe, as always, we appreciate a few minutes, and now uh, you're probably exhausted. You probably ought to go take a nap and work on that sleep and stay fully rested. No, I'm going straight down to the gym now, so get my workout in and then work on my suntan for the rest of the day, probably. <laughs> okay. I actually well, got burned the other day. I got burned in like, it was like four or five days ago. I don't know what it was in Fahrenheit. It was like 17 degrees Celsius, which I don't know what that is, maybe 40s, 50s or something. Um, and we were outside for a little bit with the kids playing out in the playground, and I came inside, and <laughs> I was like, my neck and arms are all red, and I'm actually peeling right now, which just shows you uh, how little my skin has seen the sun. Yeah. Yeah, my wife was right about this. Put aloe on it, and uh, that'll oh, I've got, lessen the burn. Should, you should see the big-ass tub of aloe vera I've got <laughs> next to my sink in the bathroom right now. <laughs> They do have this thing called sunscreen, Joe. I don't know if they got it down under, but we got it up here. Well, we put it on the kids, obviously, and I didn't <laughs> honestly think it was, was that hot outside. Like, it was nice. Obviously, the sun was out. Um, our backyard gets a lot of sun, which is, is really good. But I just – and then the next day we were going to go out, and, my, and Miller was like, Daddy, you need to put sunscreen on. And I was like, I know, Miller. I put it on you. I just didn't put it on myself. <laughs> the kids are so, raising you. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks, my three-year-old. <laughs> and the worst part is, she's right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, Millish, damn it, shut up. I know. <laughs> All right, Joe, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it. No worries. Thanks, guys. All right, Joe Ingalls checking in.